Hi, this is Dustin. Welcome to Connect, California MBA's monthly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shapers and uh, uh, leaders in the industry today. Today, I'm excited. We've got uh, Bill Lohman here. It's a local for me here in the Sacramento area, Bill Lohman with uh, American Pacific Mortgage. And I'm really excited to sit down with him and talk to him about uh, what's going on in the industry, his thoughts on the future of the industry, and uh, how he got to where he is here at uh, American Pacific. So. We'll jump into that here in just a second. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors at the Real Estate Services Trust. So if your company uh, going into 2020, if you're worried about retention or uh, recruitment of employees, making sure that uh, your volume stays high in the coming year, I know that uh, we'll talk about this here in a minute with Bill, but uh, uh, even though uh, volumes were high this year, the NBA is predicting uh, uh, lower volumes next year. So everyone's got to make sure that you've got the best team you can possibly have uh, on your side in 2020. And to make sure you do that, one of the ways that you can uh, accomplish that is by having great employee medical benefits. And if you're a small company, say 20 to 200, you may have trouble finding affordable benefits uh, for your employees. The Real Estate Services Trust can make, uh, you know, sort of bridge the gap there between small company uh, uh, benefits availability and big company pricing. So if you're a member of the California MBA and you are in that sort of small to mid-size uh, uh, range, uh, click the link below and we'll contact Marsh McLennan Agency and find out, get a quote, see if it makes sense for you. So, all right, let's uh, jump into this. Bill, again, thanks for uh, joining us here today on Connect. You're welcome. Uh, the way we usually start these, I always like to find out what, uh, you know, sort of what brought you to where you are today. Yeah. Uh, you know, we often kind of jump right into the, let's talk about the industry, sure. let's talk about numbers, but what's your story, Bill? How did you find yourself here at American Pacific? Well, wow. So that's a long story and I'll probably date myself here a little bit, but um, I started in collections shortly after uh, graduating from college back in Buffalo, New York, and um, went on to become a loan officer and then changed jobs and became a branch manager. And then I guess starting in around 1993, I got into regional management and um, worked for a company uh, called The Money Store, which was headquartered here in Sacramento. And I migrated west with my family and landed in Sacramento in 1995. Um, and then I started with American Pacific Mortgage about seven years later in 2002. Huh. All right. That's very good. And never didn't uh, think about going back east again, huh? No, I, uh, you know, in many ways, uh, Buffalo's home, but I love California and it's been a great place to live and to raise my kids. All right. So uh, what would you say, Bill, uh, and let's jump in and, you know, the challenges that face mortgage bankers today. I think we hear that a lot, but I'm curious from your perspective, what's the yeah. biggest challenge you see going into maybe going into 2020? Boy, I, you know, I think there's a couple of them, Dustin. Um, I think there's a little bit of regulatory uncertainty. And when I say that, um, I'm talking specifically about GSE reform. Um, there's been a lot of conversations about that. Um, the FHFA director, Calabria has been pretty aggressive in uh, some of his public statements about reducing the government footprint in lending. I had an opportunity to meet with him last week in Austin at the Mortgage Bankers Association conference. Um, feel a little bit better about it after um, you know speaking with him, but you know with the uh, the push to get Fannie and Freddie out of conservatorship and reducing the government footprint in lending, you know that that would have a significant impact. Um, if not done and staged correctly on the entire industry. So I, I think that's, you know, one area. And I think maybe the biggest area right now that, you know, lenders really should be paying attention to. 
Do you think that, I mean, we didn't uh, uh, go over this uh, uh, beforehand, but I'm curious your thoughts. Do you see GSE reform happening, especially in the next year where we've got an election year coming up? Do you see that as a, you know, you know, a 50-50, or are we still quite a ways away from getting something done? I, I, I don't think it'll happen in the next year. I think that um, Commissioner Calabria would like Congress to act. Um, being an election year, I don't think Congress is going to touch this. Um, I think he's going to make bold public statements to try to, um, you know, urge the industry into action. But I see this as a post-election um, occurrence. Sure. Well, and certainly things could change. We have a President Trump in 2021 yep. or a President, you know, Warren or, yep. or Sanders or who knows. Yep, that matters. Uh, so anyway, so speaking of the uh, NBA convention you just got back from, yep. uh, the uh, NBA just reported, they always report their all their stats uh, at the convention for the year. And they reported what I think everyone kind of uh, assumed was happening this year, that numbers were far outpaced the predictions from last year. Yeah. Um, but again, I think they're being a little cautious going into 2021, yeah. predicting, you know, definitely a, a drop in originations. What's your take? Uh, well, my first take is I never get this right. Um, when I try to predict, You're a pred company. yeah, when I try to predict, you know, what the industry is going to do or which direction interest rates are going, I consistently get it wrong. Um, I will say that I do line up behind the MBA projection. I think, uh, you know, 2019, it's going to be probably a two point one trillion dollar a year for the industry. And I think, you know, it'll probably end up around one point nine, I think, in 2020. I still think we're going to have, you know, a favorable interest rate environment going into next year. Um, but at some point, you know, all the people that uh, refinanced in 2019 are not going to be refinancing in 2020. And I think we'll see volume back up a little bit. I still think it'll be a pretty good year, though. Do you think the focus will be you know, just as much or even more on uh, the purchase side of the business and less even more on uh, um, refinance? Yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely think that. I think that um, you know, lenders really do need to focus on purchase business. The, the refinance business, it can go away. I mean, we're one tweet away from having you know, some type of economic event which could have interest rates go up or down. I mean, I have a, I have a daily routine. I get up and I check our uh our company's hedge position on our locked pipeline every morning and i check my twitter feed to see if that one tweet has somehow moved the markets if the, the button's been pushed yep as it were um so well then in in that in that sense how can mortgage bankers prepare going into you know 2020 you know that's a great question um i think that um in many ways i think our industry has short memories and that you know it wasn't that long ago um, less than a year ago, Q1 of 2019 was a tough quarter for the mortgage industry. More than half of mortgage companies in America were losing money. Really essentially the same for the fourth quarter of 2018. And I think, you know, whatever you needed to do then, you need to be prepared to do now. Because when that does happen, you don't want to be caught off guard by thinking this is going to be great and this, you know, rising tide is going to go on forever. And I think you know, that's the challenge, I think, for mortgage bankers. Be prepared, uh, be able to withstand, you know, shocking your volume and, and, and what you, can your organization withstand, you know, a 20 or 25 percent, you know, reduction in volume. Well, and I love the uh, uh, short memories. I, I mean, anytime I can in just my own conversations, I always like to bring in baseball analogies. It almost sounds like you're, you've got to set up your your company as essentially a closer in baseball. Yeah. 
where you know if you you know go out one night and give up five runs, you got to shake it off and go out the next night and pretend right. it never happened. And vice versa, if you go out and strike everyone out and go the next night, you have to you know pretend it never happened. That's right. It's fresh every day. Interesting. All right. Well, then you know, sort of flipping that on its head, you know, we hear a lot about challenges. Obviously, I just asked a question about yeah. it, but uh, I think that uh, we often don't hear enough about opportunities. Yeah. What's your sense on you know what's the biggest opportunity out there for lenders? Yeah, I think you know. I, I view challenges as, you know, opportunities that are masked, right? I mean, in every challenge, there is opportunities. And I think, you know, right now, obviously, the, the opportunity is around capturing as much business as you possibly can. The rising tide has lifted a lot of boats. So, I mean, that's, that's the obvious opportunity that's going on right now. As the industry transitions, though, into an environment that, you know, has less refinance business going on, I think there's going to be a lot of industry consolidation. We started to see it at the end of 18 and the beginning of 2019. And when that consolidation occurs, it, it becomes a bit of a, a game where there's winners and losers. And you want to be able to position your company by being able to quickly adapt and make the changes to reduce volume. And then you will be able to um, really scoop up and, and be able to recruit loan officers and take advantage of um, the opportunities that exist from companies that aren't prepared for that. And, you know, frankly, I like uh, down markets. I think I have a saying around American Pacific Mortgage um, that when it's too, too tough for them, it's just right for us. So um, I'm, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of pain going on coming into 2020. Face those challenges head on. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, here's a, a sort of a, a switching gears a bit. Sure. Um, your company has obviously, and you've been here for, and you've been CEO of uh, American Pacific for I think 15-ish years yeah. now. Um, so you've gotten to see different generations of employees throughout the company. Yeah. And you've got, I'm sure, all generations, and I'm sure even some uh, Gen Z folks in here. Yeah. Now. What's your take on, you know, from your perspective in the CEO's desk, uh, strengths and weaknesses of from baby boomers to the Gen Xers and millennials and now Gen Z? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, here's what I'll say to this. I think um, I think millennials get a bad have a bad reputation that is not deserved. I will tell you that American Pacific Mortgage we have so many great employees that are millennials that are future leaders of this company. And I think sometimes you hear that millennials are this or that or lazy. I say you know that's bull. Um, and I've got a, a an office full of people here that would prove uh, prove that wrong. So um, I I think the industry needs to get younger. I think that, you know, when I look around the industry, when I look around our board of directors, when I look around at other companies, um, I, we, the industry needs to better and more reflect um, the general population out there. And I don't think the mortgage industry is very diverse from, a, from an age perspective, from a gender perspective, from a race perspective. And I think, you know, as we bring new people into the business, I think the industry needs to be more aware of that. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that, uh, you know, you do make a good point about millennials. We've had uh, just in our future leaders program, we've had, you know, successive generations of future leaders now go through our program that are all millennials. You bet. And, you know, they are all turning out to either be some of them even on our board of directors yep. now and certainly leaders in their company. So I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so next question uh, about technology. Mm hmm. What's your take? We just had our first Mortgage Innovators Conference yeah. last year and got to see a lot of the new tech in the industry and, and sort of see the direction of where things are going. 
in that space. What's your sense on next big breakthrough or next yeah. maybe the next space where the next breakthrough is going to happen? I, I got to tell you that, first of all, congratulations on a great conference. I attended that. We had a, a number of our uh, employees attend that. First time, first year we've had that conference, and I thought it was wildly successful. So congratulations for that. I think I have a little bit of a different take on the uh, technology breakthrough. I, I feel like, at least at, at, at my company, we have invested significantly in technology, um, whether it's you know our mobile application, our CRM. Um, we, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of um, production tools. We call it our tech stack. I think 2020 needs to be the year of adoption. Mm-hmm. I don't think the industry has focused enough on adopting technology. I think there, you know, there's often this, this being fascinated with the next bright and shiny object. And I think we, as an industry, need to adopt technology better. I mean, you've heard the studies. I think you know, the average age of a loan officer in our industry is over 50 years old. And I think yep. you know, I've seen firsthand there is some resistance to adopting some of the technology tools that we've provided, um, provided our folks with. So I, at American Pacific Mortgage, 2020 is going to be the year about adoption and adopt better adopting the technology that we have. Hmm. That's really, I, I, I would not have expected that, but that's an interesting point you make that, you know, because you're right, even at the Innovators Conference, there's a lot of, you know, excitement about the next big thing, but there's not a lot of excitement around. It's just not, you know, it's not a sexy thing to talk about, yep. but, you know, we should just actually adopt the things right. we've got. We've got great tools right yep. now and, you know, not enough companies are adopting. So that's, that's, right. that's interesting. Um, so next question for you. Uh, sort of along the same lines, uh, and we mentioned this a little earlier, that uh, I mean, you've been now CEO of uh, American Pacific for 15-ish years, mm-hmm. and you've got a lot of company, a lot of uh, folks in your executive team that are sort of in that same, uh, that have been here about the same amount of time, yeah. or longer. Yep. Um, and I think that's unusual in the industry. Just from my, you know, my perch uh, looking at uh, companies, I think that, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, a feather in your hat. Yeah, thank you. My question to you is, how do you guys build the, what's the secret to building the right, whether it's, you know, just a retention focus or mm-hmm. whether it's uh, uh, building the right culture here? What's mm-hmm. your what's your take on how that happens? Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's, a, um, that's a great question. And it's really something that you need to work at every day. And it's not just at the leadership level, but it's throughout you know the entire organization and all 2,100 employees that we have. Um, you know, first of all, uh, I think it's really important to hear from your employees and to get feedback from your employees. And we survey them a couple of times a year, and so we track our employee engagement and our employee satisfaction, and have every year for as long as I've been here. So we got our finger on the pulse, and you can never you know get your finger off of that pulse because it can get away from you. And if you're um, surveying your employees and then as importantly, listening to them and taking action and communicating them, communicating to them the things that you've done to change in your organization as a result of the feedback they've given you, it really kind of creates a groundswell of um, satisfied employees and it becomes part of your culture. And You know, the other part is, you know, living up to the values of our company. We have three core values in American Pacific Mortgage, respect, transparency, and scrappy. You know, respect, I think that speaks for itself, but you treat, you know, others with respect. You treat the industry with respect. Um, That's important. Transparency. You know what? We let our employees know what's going on, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. We're communicating regularly through huddles and 
in videos and other forms of communication to let them know what's going on in American Pacific Mortgage, to let them know what's going on in the industry. In Scrappy, you know, what does that mean? That means we're smart with our resources and we fight for what's right. And that's, I think, our employees' favorite uh, value. I was just thinking about it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know what? And you, 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 you live them and breathe them every day. It's, it's, they're not optional. That's great. That's great. Um, so my next question to you is similar, similar, uh, similar vein here. Um, and we sort of touched on it with the, the uh, talk about millennials. But mm-hmm. what's your take on, because I know you guys are, are really invested in this, and I think mm-hmm. it's a, a great thing. Um, the professional development of the mm-hmm. uh, uh, younger folks at your company, which, yeah. uh, you know, because I honestly, I, there are some companies I think that do this great yeah. and are really focused on it and uh, make a point of it. And then there's some, some companies that just don't seem to do yeah. it. So what's your, your thoughts on how important that is uh, for the future of the company yeah. and the future of uh, you know, the culture of the company? Yeah, it, it's, it's, first of all, it's critically important. Um, you know, and we do, we do many things. I'll, I'll talk about a couple of them. One, um, we, we participate in the California MBA future leaders process, but it's more than that. Rather than just saying, here's two employees, go off to future leaders. Our employees um, get nominated and go through a process. So we have, I think last year we had about a dozen employees nominated that went through um, almost a Shark Tank-like process where they got in front of our leadership group and we asked them some tough questions and they, you know, about their background, about why they wanted to be a part of the Future Leaders program. And two people ultimately emerged as winners. And then we send them off. So just the fact that you emerged. Um, you're already a winner. You yeah. are. You're yeah. already a winner. And as a leader in the organization, um, I got to learn about 12 people, some of which I didn't know anything about. So it's really a great um, process to go through. And even some of the folks that have you know, put it out there and, and didn't get nominated to go to the program, maybe got promotions or other job opportunities as a result of, you know, being um, and getting some face time with leadership in our company. So, um, and I think we've probably the last six or seven years, we've sent two people to the California MBA. Yeah. yeah. And so that that's one thing we do. The other thing that we do that I think is, um, is unique in the industry, we have a program called Launchpad. And Launchpad, it's run by Haley Daly at our company, and it is for, um, it's, it's trains for loan officers, but this is, um, these are for individuals that have never been a loan officer before, but maybe they have sales experience or sales aptitude, or maybe they worked in the mortgage business, but maybe in post-closing or some non-sales position. And we run them through a comprehensive six-month training program where they essentially learn how to be a loan officer from soup to nuts, and then they graduate into a branch. And um, that's how we, we kind of change the, di- the direction and the dynamics of that aging loan officer uh, base that we talked about earlier, where there's, you know, the average age is over 50 years old. So we have had over 60 Launchpad graduates in the last 18 months. And I, those, are the, you know, those are the future President's Club winners at American Pacific Mortgage. And I think that's been a, a really successful for us. Well, and you know, as a follow-up to that, I think one of the the things that uh, no one's going to say it to me as uh, you know they think about whether or not they want to apply for our future leaders program. But I think I always get the sense that they're not necessarily convinced there's going to be a return. Mm-hmm. But I know that you and some of the other companies that uh, you know consistently support the program, I think you guys absolutely get a return on. Uh-huh. And, and so, just you know, in that vein, what's what return do you get? What tangible return? 
you know, would you tell a fellow CEO that you get? So, you know, the um, some of the returns that we get, I would say that probably at least half or more of the graduates have been promoted in the next 12 to 24 months after going through there. They came back, you know, more educated on the mortgage industry. Uh, they came back um, really motivated and, and, and wanting to grow. And that just gave us an opportunity to promote from within. And going back to, you know, what we were talking before about culture and employee satisfaction, you know, when you're able to um, fulfill um, or fill positions from within, um, that you get, that's a huge return to the company because of how um, engaged employees become. So um, I highly recommend the program. Any other uh, mortgage company leader that wants to talk to me about that, please pick up the phone and call me. Absolutely. Um, so uh, my next question, and uh, this is maybe transitioning a bit uh, from your role at uh, American Pacific to your role on our board of directors. Bill is our, uh, our residential president on our executive board and has been on the board for many years now. Um, and so my question to you, Bill, what would you say to, uh, again, to another a fellow CEO about the importance of getting involved in the California, being a member yeah. and what we do for the industry? I think there's a lot, a lot of times there's a lot of companies that just don't know, have yeah. any clue what we do. And so from your perspective, I mean, I know what we do because I'm there every day. Yeah. But, you know, what do you think? What's Boy, your... I tell you, I, I, I can't pick just one thing. I need to pick a couple. So um, the first thing I will say is the networking opportunity that you get as being a part of the California MBA. I mean, I, I've become great friends with other board members and am able to network uh, with other mortgage company leaders on a regular basis. The conferences that the association does are great. The Western Secondary Conference is one of the longest running, um, best known conferences in the industry. The Innovators Conference that we've talked about, there's a lot of conferences where uh, the association brings people together and you have the opportunity to network. And I, I think that's so important uh, in, you know, to be successful in the industry. And I think it might be a little bit of a lost art networking. I think sometimes people are uncomfortable with it, but uh, with the opportunities that the association gives, um, it's, a, it's a, I think, one of the biggest benefits. It goes that I well get. beyond LinkedIn. It huh? sure does. Yeah. It sure does. Um, you know, and the other thing that I would say that is really important is advocacy. Um, that we have, um, you know, the staff at the California MBA and the board of directors, but primarily you guys and the staff there, um, keeping your finger on the pulse, knowing what's going on legislatively in the state or even nationally and advocating for the industry uh, and, and giving us an opportunity to participate and stand there uh, with you and stand together as a state. Um, I, I think that's critically important. There's always new legislation going on. You know, we have a, a legal team that, that supports us. And um, many of us, including American Pacific Mortgage, we don't hire lobbyists. We don't have the budget to hire lobbyists, but we know that the California MBA is there to advocate for us, um, you know, in, from a legislative and, and regulatory perspective. Well, and I mean, you, you know, lend in all, I'm assuming all 50 states at this point, and you know, you know so many companies do. The, the bills and the uh, um, laws that pass in California often find their way into these other states, whether right. or not you want to or not. So whether or not your you know, branches in Wisconsin or Kansas right. have any clue what's going on, they're affected by what's happening in California, yep. or at least they will eventually. Yeah, it starts in California and it moves you know, to other states <laughs> is what I've learned. Yep. yep, absolutely. 
So, all right. So, uh, closing us out here, uh, Bill, I've uh, got a question that I, I always love to ask because yeah. you never know what the answer is going to be. So, yep. tell us something that uh, you know mortgage bankers should know that they don't know. You know, humbly, I don't know that I don't want to presume that I know things that other mortgage leaders don't know. But here's what I will say: I think, as a whole, you know, the industry needs to pay more attention um, to cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. I think. It is such a threat to all industry, all companies, all business, including the mortgage business. I've got a a few friends in the industry that have been um, held hostage uh, with ransomware, and it's cost them a lot of money. And, you know, it's the the bad guys. It's hard to keep up with the bad guys and and what they do and the rules they play by change every day. And I think it is such a threat. I just had a meeting today where I'm going over my budget for 2020 and I'm stepping up the spend on cybersecurity because it's that important. So I, I would encourage all mortgage companies, all leaders out there to, to really know and understand you know, the defenses that you have in your systems. It can cause financial harm. It can cause reputational harm. And really, that, that don't you know, shortchange that investment. I think it's that important. And I think, you know, we all need to be more aware of that as mortgage leaders. All right. Well, Bill, hey, thanks again for uh, Thank joining you, us here today on Connect. And, My pleasure. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, uh, catch you next time on Connect where we interview one-on-one with uh, today's mortgage leaders and tomorrow's mortgage leaders.